The QMC Board and Collar Series presents Excuse My Medic, the podcast version of an MCI with Chuck Humphrey and Gary Harvat. Excuse My Medic takes a unique look at today's emergency medical service news and information with hot topics, great guests, and maybe even a few offbeat stories along the way. Get ready for opinionated discussions, lively talk, sporadic jabs, and even a few belly laughs from our world of EMS. Excuse My Medic is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting for air and ground emergency medical services. Now, hang on to the bench seat and secure your cervical collar as these gray-haired guys from EMS Past take you on a Code 3 ride with no real destination in mind. You've had the disclaimer, and if you're still brave enough to stick it out, let's get started. Take it away, guys. Good day, everyone. My name is Gary Harvat. I'm from the client services team at QuickMed Claims. And I'm Chuck Humphrey from the business development team here at QuickMed Claims. And welcome to Excuse My Medic. We're glad to have you with us this morning. And uh, we've got some great conversation lined up for you. So uh, we'll jump right into it. Good morning, Chuck. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Gary? Doing well. Yeah, you might recall from previous episodes that we had a wedding at the Harvat house. And look, Chuck. I've survived. Yes, yes. Well, good. I need to watch you because my uh, youngest daughter just got engaged. So Alicia on last Friday, and she said yes. So uh, I'm heading down your trail. So I'm going to look for your notes along the way to to survive it too. I've got volumes to send up to you. No question at all. So, and it must be something in the water we're drinking. So we've got to we got to quit drinking out of that same fountain. It's costing us way too much money, isn't it? You're telling me. Yeah, this is my last round. So we'll get done with this one. Then I can. I think I can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. Well. Well. Good. So uh, we're gearing up for vacation at our house right now, and I'm going to take a week off next week and uh, get some much needed R and R time. So looking forward to spending time with my kids coming in from. Uh, Denver and my daughter's coming and her new husband and my youngest son and my 88 year old mother. So it's going to be just family overkill. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> Those are the times of your life though. That's awesome. Good for you. Around Wednesday or Thursday, I have to start keep reminding myself, this is, this is good. This is really a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to explain any further, Chuck? No, Do I really? I've been there, done that. Yep, Love them all. Love them all. But, you know, small doses, small doses. So we'll get through it. No question about it. So, Chuck, my goodness, what do you got on the platter today, buddy? Well, Gary, you know, as promised, uh, this is our, kind of our part two discussion of the proposed uh, rule for the physician fee schedule changes. Uh, so, you know, last time we uh, talked about the PCS. So uh, this time when we got together, it was, you know, kind of our uh, plan that we talk about the uh, the new cost data collection uh, initiative. So I thought we'd just take up with that and extend the conversation. I just want to remind everybody, the key word here is still proposed. Um, There's still a comment period up in uh, one month, actually from yesterday, September 27th. And then the final rules, if uh, nothing changes, should be published in November and then a go live date of January 1st. So you know, we're still in that comment period. CMS could change things up a little bit. But as we know it now, this is the way things stand. So um, I just wanted to get that kind of that disclaimer out of the way. Nothing's gospel until it's, you know, until it's published. 
Uh, we know that. I've, I've noticed this is starting to get more and more traction. Uh, a few months ago, I heard bits and pieces about it, but it seems like uh, on a pretty regular basis, I'm either getting asked questions or reading a new article that's out. So it seems like, you know, like I said, it's gaining a, a lot of momentum here. And uh, so in my mind, I think it's going to happen and it's going to happen according to the timeline that they have proposed, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, we've been expecting this. It's not a surprise. No. I mean, last year when Congress extended the Medicare add-on, and you know, or the bonus payments, we call them, um, the extension language kind of came with a mandate that, uh, you know, CMS wanted to know what the costs were. So basically, Congress said, okay, we'll give you another few years of the extensions, but we need to find out exactly what you, the ambulance industry, are spending versus how much you're collecting, and especially how much you're collecting when we write the checks from, from Medicare. So, uh, you know, the idea here is, is uh, let's see what your margins are. You know, you've been complaining to us that you're not getting enough money. So now prove it to us. And, and so the onus is on us now, once this all takes effect to, to prove it. And uh, hopefully then they'll use that data to, to fix the fee schedule. Um, and so to get in the nitty gritty a little bit, you know, um, the extension legislation in 2018 called for this collection. There's going to be an online tool that will allow all ground ambulance companies to report and separate out their costs. And, and the, the, the big thing that I've been hearing and listening to, you know, and reading all that we read here in the industry uh, on our side is uh, uh, the, the key element here is separating out the ground ambulance costs from everything else. And they specifically talked about what they refer to as interwoven costs. You know, you can have fire departments who have uh, fire guys who spend part of their time on the engine, the other part, they jump on the ambulance and CMS wants to separate that out, you know? So that's going to be a little difficult. And that's to where I see the challenge for all of us. I say us in the industry on the other side of the, the peg here, um, separating that out may not be as easy as what people think. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of morphs. Uh, the tool online, there is a PDF out there. Uh, you can go to cms.gov and, and, you know, just do a search for the uh, online reporting tool for the cost data. And you should be able to pull that up and that will show you kind of the data elements. It's going to be the questions that are going to be asked online. Uh, it's something I think everybody uh, that's an ambulance administrator uh, should do and probably do it pretty soon. So you have a pretty good uh, idea of what's going on. Chuck, just a question about the tool. You've mentioned it a couple of times. I've read it in, in the blogs and articles that I've got. Is this like a, a PDF spreadsheet that you fill in the blank and submit online with lots of questions? Because I do agree with you, especially when it comes to separating out costs. This could be a very cumbersome process. This is, I want our listeners to understand, this is nothing you get online and fill out in 10 minutes. At least in my mind, it isn't. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, it's a fillable PDF. So you can do it in parts. So this is going to be one of those things where you go out, you do a part or two, and then you, you know, kind of reach a snag where you need to get more info and you save it and then you go back to it. So it is going to be, uh, you know, out on the, out on the CMS web, so to speak, out on the cloud and you go in and you, you know, and ask questions. It's prompting you how to separate it out. Uh, so it, this may be something that you go out, look at, and then, you know, you go back and talk to your people, you start running some reports from your, you know, your, uh, your payment systems from your reimbursement stuff uh, and, and then fill in the blanks as you go. So um, 
Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it, uh, I, I think we simplify it. You think, okay, it's an online. I can go out and do it in 10 minutes and we're done. It is not going to be one of those situations from what I glean anyhow. I think it's going to be something that you're going to have to spend time maybe with your accountants on, you know, your, your finance people. Um, and for the volunteers that don't have mechanism in place, um, you know, I can see this being something that's a little daunting. Uh, I think we all need to take a deep breath. Um, and, you know, prepare for it. But now's the time to start thinking ahead. Um, and, and, you know, remember that everybody's going to have to do it. So it's singling no one out. So, so Chuck, is there going to be a verification process? I submit data uh, via this tool. Is somebody checking that my data is correct? Because I could see that people can get frustrated with this, especially like separating out costs. You mentioned the Firebase my goodness, you know, if I'm a, a hired firefighter paramedic and, you know, 40% of my time I'm running fire calls and the 60% of time I'm running ambulance services, um, there's a lot of costs that need separated out. And, you know, who's going to verify that the information that I provide you is correct? Well, I, I don't know that they're, uh, you, you know, what, what's submitted is submitted. And that's why, you know, the American Ambulance Association, CMS, uh, all the folks, you know, the, the lawyers that are talking about this um, are saying, you know, the, the onus is on you to correct the, the, to report the correct information. I don't know how they will be able to verify how much it costs you to run your service. This is going to be something you have to, it's, it's honesty, it's verifiable on your end. Uh, I don't think there's any checks and balances. The only thing they're going to verify is that you completed all the data elements that they need to see. Um, I don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to prove other than maybe the reimbursement side, because they do have some records about how much you've been paid. But as far as cost goes, uh, you're really kind of on your honor as far as I know now, and this is developing, so there'll be more discussion on this, but you're really on your honor to provide uh, what they need, and they're going to rely on you're giving them accurate data. And I uh, think it's worth mentioning again that this does have teeth. We, I know we mentioned it in our, in our last episode. If you don't comply, uh, there, are, there are penalties. Yeah, you have. So uh, what they're envisioning is every NPI that you have will receive um, a request for information. At that point, from the date of that request, you'll have five months to go out and complete the online tool. Uh, you can file an exception as a hardship if you do that within 90 calendar days of that notification. But if you don't file an exception and you're not granted that exception, at the end of that five month period, if you have not complied, you'll have three months and after that, three months after, so eight months after the initial notification, they will start assessing a 10% penalty on all future Medicare payments. Uh, so it, it definitely is something that you don't want to take lightly because I don't think there's any one of us that can afford 10% less money. No, not at all. Not at all. I agree. So the other thing, Gary, I just wanted to point out that it's a, you know, it's a random, they call it a stratified random sample. It's a good part of this discussion. So it's, you know, a random sample that involves, a stratified sample involves dividing the sample into different parts or what they call strata. And then um, it's, it's based on shared attributes. So they're gonna look at three basic categories that they're gonna kind of lump all of us in the ambulance industry in. First of all, uh, they're very in, interested in our demographics and our ownership. 
subcategories are going to be for-profit, non-government, non-profit, non-government, and then government types, which includes subcategories of either fire-based or non-fire-based. So they're going to look at how we're set up, how we're incorporated, how we're, um, you know, whether we're a district or whatever the case may be. Then they're going to uh, lump us into population density categories, of course, to match the urban, rural, and super rural. And then they're going to lump us by volume. And the three subcategories for that are one to 200 runs build, 201 to 800 runs build, and then anything over 800. That's a little broad, but you know, it is what it is. So the idea is to sample 25% of all the ground ambulance providers over a four year period. So by the end of the four years, they have 100% sample. Uh, and, and again, it's just going to be an invitation. You'll, you know, you kind of come up in the draft, you'll get your draft notice, and then the clock starts ticking, so to speak. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. Too. That, is, that is actually a great analogy. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think encouragement to our listeners out there, especially those of you that are administrators, is I would ask myself uh, three questions. I kind of just been thinking about this. Um, first of all, Ask yourselves, can we do this ourselves? Or do you need to start thinking about who you need to partner with? So the second question would be, do we need outside help? And who is that outside help? Is it our billing company for the reimbursement part? Uh, is it um, the accountant? Is it a consultant that, you know, it, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of consultants that are going to uh, partner with people, take care of it. Of course, that all comes at a cost. And should I start gathering information now? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, I would, you know, highly recommend that our listeners um, go out on and pull that PDF tool, that sample, start looking at the categories and start making some notes about what you can start gathering from reports from, from those banker boxes that are up in, you know, the second floor of the fire station and haven't seen the light of day in a while. I, I, would, I would start looking at that stuff and start making a game plan because five months is not a lot of time once you get the notice. So come next January, February, March, whenever that is, and you get the email and it's now time to start, you'll find out five months will go very, very quickly. And Chuck, you and I both know we're talking to primarily uh, EMS professionals uh, on our, our podcast here today. And uh, I'll, I'll reiterate what Chuck said, five months, 150 days, folks, you can't do it with 15 days. And that's how we typically go in EMS. Uh, and I'm as guilty as that, of that as the next guy. But I will tell you, this is something to take very seriously, folks. And five months will go extremely quickly. And I would encourage everybody to, to heed this warning. Yeah, that's, uh, we can't drive that home enough. And so that's kind of the upfront. That's the what is it. Uh, when we get together another time, we can talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts and some of the stuff they're looking for. Uh, by that time, I'm sure there'll be, you know, we're only four weeks in since the announcement. After the September uh, comment deadline, then I think we'll see some concrete stuff. And then, you, you know, we can have some future discussions in this space, Gary, for, you know, what, what's going to be required and we'll probably hear some feedback about what the industry has talked to them about. And so uh, stay tuned. Well, sure. Uh, 
this is a, something that we'll be talking about for quite some time. I know my phone has been uh, ringing with increased frequency about this subject matter, as I'm sure yours has as well. And it's something, as, as you've mentioned time and time again, that uh, we will continue to bring you updates on, but please uh, pay attention to it because uh, this has been in the, in the works since 2018. Uh, we're coming to the end of 2019 and it's time to start getting our ducks in a row. So I won't belabor this by getting on my soapbox any further, but uh, it's real, it's happening. And um, if you read the journals, uh, yeah, there'll be some people with pushback on this, but in the end, in the end, hopefully by doing this, we'll all benefit. Yeah, that's a, if that comes out of it, that will be a win for sure. Because, you know, in the past decade or so, there have been a couple of times where we all held our breaths whether we're going to lose those bonus payments. And, you know, it's a considerable amount of money. And uh, if that would drop out, um, there would be some folks that would be in a world of hurt. So uh, let's fix this once and for all. And let's help them fix it. You know, we, we often are critical of government, but they don't do what we ask them. Here's a here's an opportunity, I think. I mean, it's one more thing we got to do. I never liked that. But to me, here's an opportunity that we have to help them make a decision uh, by simply providing information for what we do every day. And, and, and I, I think we have an, uh, a great window here to affect uh, some change of something we've been looking for for quite some time. I agree. Very good. Well, thanks for bringing that to us, Chuck. Uh, as always, uh, the information you provide us on any subject uh, is helpful and, and very informative. So thank you for that. Hey, I've got a couple news stories uh, for you today. I thought I'd throw out uh, to, the, to the group, uh, try to bring some good news, some positive stories along the way. So uh, I have a, a couple that I have for you here today. Um, a gentleman by the name of Larry Brockman, uh, out in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, an EMT with Southeast Rural Fire Department. Uh, great group of people out there. Um, Larry was not on duty, but happened to be driving by. And we've heard these stories before, but I think it's surely worth mentioning. Larry happened to be driving by uh, what appeared to be an accident scene, a truck into a pole uh, of a few weeks ago and uh, saw bystanders what he thought was caring for the patient, but something caught his attention. So he actually drove past the accident scene, drove back around, came back to the accident scene and found that uh, um, the driver of the vehicle probably uh, had a head crash because he had a cardiac event. It was in cardiac arrest. So Larry, who was on his way to take his mother to the doctor's uh, appointment, went back, um, got the gentleman out of the truck, uh, began compressions only CPR. We've heard a lot about that lately. My, is that, has CPR come a long way, Chuck? My You're goodness, me. Wow, 15 and two, yep. yep. Switch on three next time, remember that, Chuck? Yes. Yeah. You're <laughs> come a long way. Yep. Larry. something brand new, that's for sure. Yes, we have, and you know what? It's working. Yeah, it is. It's working. Incredible. So. So Larry uh, pulled the gentleman out of, the, out of his truck onto the ground, began doing compressions only CPR, and lo and behold, uh, the gentleman began to have spontaneous uh, pulses and respirations and took the patient to the hospital where I believe last my article says that he was still in critical condition but uh, did survive. And had Larry not stopped and turned around, that 
biological clock would have kept ticking further. So congratulations to Larry, who was working off duty, but is a member of Southeast Rural Fire and EMS. And uh, that's up in Lincoln, Nebraska. So congratulations, Larry. Great, great work. My first thought is, are we ever really off duty? Uh, but Larry's the kind of guy that knows that for sure. Well, that's awesome. You know, over the past few episodes that we've done, Chuck, we brought stories like this to light. And, you know, I just sit at home some nights and think there's so much positive news out there outside of EMS. But, of course, well, this is an EMS podcast. So, but there's so many positive things. Uh, you know, we tend to dwell, always dwell on the glass being half empty, but there are some great stories out of there. People just doing things that truly I sit and watch television at night and I get choked up about it. It's just, uh, you know, people just going, there's good people out there. And I think uh, we tend to dwell on those stories that um, get ten- get attention for all the negatives. So congratulations again, Larry. Don't want to get up on my soapbox here, but uh, we're proud of the work you do. Good job. For also, sure. Uh, our good friends at LifeLight Network, uh, you may know that LifeLight Network is the largest non-for-profit air medical transport service in the United States. Uh, we've known them for some time. Uh, they've just been awarded the renewal on the National Accreditation Alliance of Medical Transport Applications, or NAMTA, for its ground, fixed wing, and rotor wing. It's a That's very awesome. challenging process to go through, and uh, they went through it with flying, uh, excuse me, flying colors. Uh, they've actually been accredited since 2016, but even the renewal process uh, is no day at the beach. So congratulations to all the good folks uh, at Life Flight Network. So yeah, we, we talked about this in a, another one of our sessions. Uh, we can't, you know, I, I'm, it, the United States Air Medical Program is the envy of the world. And uh, it's uh, organizations like this that make it happen. And, and, you know, they often go on notice, in and out, quick uh, the ground guys even get, I think, more press than the air guys do. So it's, you know, kudos to these guys. They're keeping up that, maintaining those standards. Uh, it's an everyday thing. And you just have to, you have to admire what they do for sure. And, and uh, having come from the, with some background in the air medical industry, you know, God bless these people for the, the good care they deliver. But also, it's a very challenging job. You know, the pilots, the mechanics, the, of course, the flight nurses and the flight medics. Um, but they're flying into uncontrolled areas with wires and, uh, you know, other obstructions that could literally and has, sadly, uh, caused problems for them. And, and so it's, it's a very challenging field to be in. And the fact that these folks go out there and in some respects risk their own lives, um, and do such great, great work. And uh, I think we're all fortunate to live in um, an area where uh, we have access to air medical transport as well as ground, but uh, having the air medical within relatively short distance of anywhere we are today uh, is is tremendous. Really, really great. Absolutely. So, old pal, I've got you today. I've got the uh, the word of the day, the EMS word of the day for you. And uh, this is my turn to uh, give to you. Last time uh, you gave me um, the word form, F-O-R-M as in Mary, occasion, form occasion, and I completely botched that one. But I do remember the word now. I will tell you that. Um, (laughs) I've increased my vocabulary, my word power, I think, as the Reader's Digest says. Um, But I will think that uh, this one may give you a little bit of a challenge. So... And just to tell you, Chuck, um, 
I've subscribed to Word Genius of the Day. So every day I get a new word from the Word Genius folks. So I went through the past couple of weeks and found the one that really I thought was a was a good one to get you. So get you on. So we'll see. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm you're, ready. You're sitting down, right? I am okay. Down. Well, I, I didn't find anything close to the formication, but I thought this was a, a cute word, a cute word to say the least. Okay. Uh, the word is boffo. It's B-O-F-F-O. Um, I'd like you to think about that and I'd like to you to give that to me uh, in a sentence uh, that has some EMS flavor to it. Okay. Well, first thing that comes to mind is a clown, boffo the clown, I guess that and then I can kind of hear the Jeopardy music in the background. <laughs> yeah. My brain starts. That's scary in its own right. We won't, we won't sing that. that. That will kill our listenership for sure. Alex Trebek's got a, a handle on that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Bafo. Um, hmm. It sounds like something negative, like I baffled out. Um, uh, hmm. Um, this comes quick. Boy, this is right off the tongue here. Um, deciding to work an overtime shift on the day of a full moon is a boffo decision. So negative. I shouldn't have done it. What was I thinking? That's the only thing I could come up with. Note the extended pause here, the silence. I, I'm not even close, right? Kind of like my cornhole playing. I, uh, uh, yes. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. To say you're terrible. not even in the ball field, I don't even think you're in behind the left field wall on this one, Chuck. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, boffo is an adjective, American English 20th century adjective, I might add. And it means wildly, wildly successful or popular. So during a recent council meeting, the mayors uh, stood up and commended the medics for doing a boffo job at the multiple vehicle accident on Main Street. I don't know if I was in that meeting, if I would take that the same way. I, <laughs> I just thought that was great. And that goes with it? I don't know, but you know, when I heard the word boffo, I immediately thought, Oh my goodness, this has to be something about a clown. I thought the same as, as you did. So um, let's, uh, let's develop a boffo emoji. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Don't they put new, they put new emojis out like every year, don't oh, they? That's like a big deal anymore. Yeah. You need so, a dictionary just to do emojis anymore. Yeah. Well, thanks. I got a crazy story for you. Oh, okay. My hey, bad. My yeah, bad. That other one was, it was nice, but. We need a little crazy. Yeah. All right. So, so I apologize. So this one comes out of Arizona and I just saw this one the other day. Again, I subscribe to these zany EMS stories. You can subscribe to anything anymore, can't yes, you? Yes. So uh, the medics had a patient uh, who in an effort to kill Satan's baby that she had been pregnant with for three and a half oh. years, uh, she chose to drink a gallon of Tide laundry detergent. Uh, in the medic states, I was able to keep my composure the whole time we were taking her to the hospital, but every time she started talking, you'd see bubbles in her mouth. I held my composure, he states, through that, uh, but uh, it, shortly thereafter, she vomited, and that's when I typically, the medic stating, 
I lost it. It was ser- seriously like a kid's toys, bubbles everywhere. The ambulance didn't even smell like vomit. It smelled like Tide, springtime fresh flavor. Um, <laughs> I've never really laughed at people in the back of the ambulance. Maybe a light chuckle here or there, but this time I couldn't help, with, help it. I fully belly laughed about a third of the way to the hospital. She survived, and I've taken her on various calls since then, and I've come to know her as the Tide for Springtime Fresh Lady. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Is that the only time that someone vomited in the truck that we didn't need to decon the truck? <laughs> springtime Fresh, Chuck. Springtime Fresh. You know, you don't get many springtime fresh smells in that ambulance. We all know that. It reminds me, my wife and I were in Walmart um, a few days ago, and we actually witnessed a gentleman huffing laundry detergent in the aisle. We quickly removed ourselves from that. And we ran into him at the checkout counter. He did not buy any laundry detergent. So he was simply taking off the lids of the detergent and was smelling each of the detergents. I, I wish our listeners could see my face. I have no words, yes. I have no That's words. my reaction as well. Yes. So, I mean, truly, almost a kid in the candy store. He had every laundry detergent at his disposal. Yes. And chose not to purchase any, but just yes. came in for a whiff. Yeah, it was, um, it was probably one of the, and my uh, sister-in-law is actually a manager in that store. So we texted her later and said, um, we just witnessed something in your store that I've never seen before. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think we should head towards the closing remarks uh, here, Chuck. That would probably be good, yep. yes. Uh, between the uh, springtime fresh and then the, the gentleman huffing the detergent, uh, I think we've just about run out of time. Thank goodness. Uh, so, well, Chuck, thanks again for uh, taking time from your day. I always enjoy being with you. And uh, our listenership seems to be gaining in popularity here. We're trending upward. So that's a good sign. They're not going to throw us out tomorrow. So let's, uh, let's hope that continues to go. But uh, anything you'd like to add in closing, Chuck? No, I just want to say we really appreciate the, the folks that listen in. Um, and uh, we enjoy doing this. But uh, we, we more than just having the fun of it all, we enjoy educating our, our clients, uh, those folks out there uh, that are listening in. And, uh, um, you, know, you know, this is a great, uh, great, great thing that we do. And I, I really appreciate your coordinating this, Gary. And uh, uh, we look forward to, uh, to bringing more information as time goes on. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and it wouldn't be as fun without you, Chuck. So thank you once again. Everybody, thanks for taking time from your day to join us, whether you be in your car or at your desktop computer in your office or at home. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, please, if you would, consider subscribing to all our podcasts. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play, uh, and many others. So we'd love to have you join us. Uh, we look forward to it. I believe there's about 85 different episodes of podcasts out there. Uh, not all of them are Excuse My Medics, but there's really some great informational podcasts um, about current industry topics. I know coming up in September, we've got a discussion about the using credit cards as far as for, for your ambulance service. We have many clients that do that. We have some clients that don't. Uh, with rising deductibles and co-pays, it's something that people need to consider. So we have a podcast coming up in September on that. We also have a discussion about treat no transport, to bill or not to bill uh, in September, uh, as well as a 10Q30, that's our client profile 
with uh, where we asked 10 questions affecting the EMS industry nationally. Uh, and in September, we have uh, the good folks from Carillion Clinic in Roanoke, Virginia joining us. So we'd ask that you take a, take a moment and uh, look to our website or um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, check out our schedule and our, our things that are coming as well as those, those uh, shows that we've already recorded. So we'd love to have you. So thank you again. So with that, I'll wish uh, every one of you a great day and hey. Be safe out there. Do it, be safe out there.